Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode 81 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Andy and I are in studio and joining us our super special guest all the way from Florida, Tom Bernard. What do you think of that call? What? We're just messing with you. I gave Andy oh, the cricket sign. You, you're such. You are literally such a pain in the ass. I can't even tell you. We'll be Massive right, pain we'll in be the right ass. back after this announcement. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant We are back. I have good news for all the listeners. I'm probably halfway through the winter album project, so maybe 45 days away from some new exciting bumper music. Well, hey. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Now we're talking. Andy's like, well, good. New and exciting. I'm tired of listening to this crap. <laughs> I have a question for you, Mr. Sprinthal, Sir? as the special guest on Car Selling Secrets. I was talking to some friends yesterday. And they were talking about, uh, what was it, the Shelby's, um, Shelby Cobras? Was that yep. the big one? What was the big one? Well, he he was involved with Ford for a long time in the 60s. The very, I think the car that made him famous was the Shelby Cobra. And what he did is he took an English sports car called an AC, which was about the size of an MGB, right? Little tiny four-cylinder right, right. English sports car. Yep. Looked really cool. Shipped it over here and then just jammed the biggest uh, V8 that Ford ever made into the car and gave it like 550 horsepower and something that weighed about as much as this table. And that was the Shelby AC Cobra. And then he joined the up with AC. Ford okay. and the, um, you know, and the whole GT40 uh, racing program that, uh, that, I guess, was it Henry Ford Jr. promoted to, to uh, win at Le Mans? And that's what those movies are about. And then and Carol Shelby had a lot to do with that. Oh, did you ever see deal. that movie? Ford versus Ferrari? No, I never did. You I heard what? it was good. It's really, really good. I'm a kind of a uh, Formula One fan, and I like classic cars like that. But unbelievably, my wife, Sarah, who's never been into cars at all, really, thought it was fascinating. And we wound up watching, spending about another month watching uh, Formula One documentaries after that. The movie is terrific. Yeah, that's what I understand. The movie's really good. The reason I ask you about that is, is there one, 
that one Cobra, that, that first one that he built, apparently it's for sale. I, I, I read that on the Internet a week or so ago. I think it was his personal car. Yeah, it was his personal car. Yep. And did I see they want $12 million for it? It's, you know, he's, he's an icon. So I, I, it's, it wouldn't be surprising to me that that car would be worth that much. Twelve million bucks for a car. That's a lot of money for a car, you know. So a real one like his that doesn't have that pedigree, I think, is a, probably a $600,000 car anyway. And the oh, interesting really? thing is a friend of mine grew up in the car business. Sadly, he's no longer with us. But his dad was a Ford dealer in uh, Indiana. And Ford, that's you could buy those Cobras through Ford dealerships in 66 or 67 Hated them. They were sale-proof. They were, you know, $2,000 more than a Corvette, and nobody wanted to buy oh, them. Yeah. And now they're just wildly collectible. We have Officer so, Dave on the phone. All right. Slipping and sliding. Officer Dave. Gentlemen. Song now. What's going on, dude? <laughs> What's up? Hey, man. How y'all doing? Well, we're inside where it's not slippery, so Andy and I are doing great. That's helpful. Yeah, you guys are lucky, I tell you. I've been... I've been pushing cars out and lifting buses out of ditches all morning I long. Bet. You were talking about Carroll Shelby and his yes. AC Cobra. His personal AC Cobra is the $12 million car. You're 100% correct about that. Doug. Oh, my. 12 but, uh, million bucks. Yep. That's, that's, the, that's the asking price for his personal um AC Cobra. Would they jam the 427 motor into that right. car? And you want to talk about scream more power than you knew what to do with. Um, but a regular, just a regular AC Cobra, just run of the mill that hasn't been anything more than basically rotisserie restored, is a million dollars. Is it a million? I said I said five or six, yep. and I was oh. just guessing. Yeah, it's it's man. You, yeah, I'm a Barrett Jackson fanatic. Those cars go for a million dollars all day. All day long. They're gorgeous. All day cars. long. I'd never I'd I'd never fit in one, but boy are they pretty to look at. I was gonna say there's no way you're getting into a cobra, pal. I don't think I even could. Well Carol Shelby was standing a f- next Carroll Shelby was a fairly big guy, wasn't he? I mean he's not Officer Dave big, but he was, but he's, he's a lot bigger than Matt Damon next was. I stood to one at a car show. Yeah. I, I stood next to one. It came up to my knee. The door did. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to fit in that. I think I just burned the piss out of my leg getting out of it on the exhaust pipe. Because it's, what, about four oh, inches in diameter. It right, hangs right outside the, the body. Yeah, it's what? right out the door. Oh, yeah. The lake. Dad always called them lake pipes. I don't know if what the straight dumped out the side exhaust pipes are. Dad always called them lake pipes. Yeah, that, that, that's 50 slang from Bonneville Salt Flats. So they would take yep. streetcars out there and then they'd open up the exhaust to run them on the lake bottoms. Yep. Oh, just those are such pretty cars. And then Carol got into the um, Mustangs and he upgraded the Mustangs, which you know, right now a Jeep 500 KR uh, Shelby will run you the seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred thousand dollars for a must uh, Shelby Mustang, original one that he did like in like sixty seven. 
God, what a world, what a world. Well, I still I still have that, uh, you know, Doug Sprinthal found it for me. Uh, I think Kevin Osgard tracked one down, but I still have that 2013 Ford Mustang. I love that car. I just love that car. I, lo- I love mine too, Tom. It's, they're so much fun. Oh, I, I have a story for you guys. Officer Dave, have you been following the Cadillac Blackwing story? Not, not so much. So I here's the deal. Um, General Motors uh, a few weeks ago announced that they're going to get out of internal combustion vehicles completely by 2035. Remains to be seen if they can actually do it, uh, but they're going that way. Um, kind of as a throwback, Cadillac, I think it will be out later this year, is coming out with a last uh, V-series, uh, CT5 and CT6, called the Blackwing. They're 85 grand, 670 horsepower, 185 miles an hour, 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds, and here's the best part, Officer Dave, manual transmission. I think that's Tom, just... borrow me $85,000, <laughs> please, would you? <laughs> Only a Minnesotan would say, borrow me $5,000. Doesn't that sound cool, though? I mean, that I, I oh. would love to drive with something like that. That sounds like a blast. Oh. Doug, you and I are in the same boat on that. I love, mine's a man, my Mustang's a manual, and my wife says, well, it's completely, I can't drive it. And I'm like, that's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's having a, having a manual or an automatic transmission in a sports car is kind of like taking a shower with a raincoat on. Yeah, that's Doesn't right. Doesn't make much sense. Let me read a text message we just got about the show today. You ready? Seriously, Dougie, Bernard's your special guest. Now that is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Joe well, from thank Louisville. you, Joe from Louisville. You're absolutely our, right. Our listener. Joe from Louisville. Yeah. Hey, if there are any listeners that, other than Joe that would like to call in or text, the number's other wide open. Joe. 561-228-4061. That's 561-228-4061. I like it. Joe is a, you know, Joe's a great guy. He's a, he uh, actually he's a really really terrific guy. I like him a lot. Well, I wonder if I wonder if the plants closed because that's I, it was another story that I read this morning. Oh yeah. There's this chip shortage. It, it's just getting worse and worse. Um, General Motors is going to shut down four plants next week. Volkswagen, Ford, Subaru, Toyota, and Mazda are all reducing production. But here's the real uplifting uh, part of the news story. The White House and the Senate are going to work on a solution. Oh, God. Oh, thank oh. God. <laughs> thank God. Oh, we're, we're saved. We're going to go back to vacuum tubes. No more chips in cars. <laughs> That'll be hilarious. Oh. Vacuum tube cars. I like it. It'll be a lot Works bigger. But... <coughs> and warmer. And a lot warmer, yeah. Particularly in the summer. All right, Officer Dave, I appreciate the call. Pally. You guys, no problem. Love you guys. Take care. Love the show. See you later, Dave. Thanks a lot. Even with later. a lightweight guest. You know. <laughs> okay. That's right in the <laughs> solar plexus. Right in the solar plexus. It's never going to end. It's never going to end. Take care, guys. You too. Thanks, Officer Dave. Yeah, I'm just trying to picture Officer Dave getting into a Shelby Cobra. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're small cars. <laughs> He ain't getting in that car. There's no doubt about it. He's a big fella. Did you watch The no Crown, uh, you know, the show about the Windsors? I did not. 
I think you'd really like it, actually, but uh, it's very realistic, I think, portrayal of the royal family starting before World War II when What's-His-Name abdicated and and right up oh, to yeah, the, he... the Diana days. But, you know, the English car porn in that series is just fabulous. All these just monstrously cool-looking Rolls Royces and Bentleys and oh, God, Prince yeah. Philip, who is uh, Elizabeth's husband— it was an interesting guy. He's actually Greek. I didn't know that. Um, he drives around in all these just gorgeous sports cars all the time. And it, it's weird because they have they all drive convertibles, and it rains all the time in England. I'm like, what, what the hell are they doing? Well, there is that. That's not a bad point. You got to take a break here, Pally. Yes, let's take a break, and we'll be right back with our exciting guest. Tom Bernard with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. Michael, can you tell me, what do you like most about your job? Well, I know we only have a minute, so the short version is how we build relationships with our customers, being able to drive around town and see all the businesses we've been able to help, and how that translates to jobs for their employees, and the impact that makes on families in our area. It's truly rewarding. I also love to see the families that started banking with us 22 years ago when their children were young. Now those kids are adults. They're banking with us too. Lastly, I'd say seeing our customers' reactions when we're able to do something unexpected for them, like deliver cash directly to them when they need it, but physically can't come to the bank. I love what I do. Did you bring some of that cash here today? Huh? (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. The 2021 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Over 25,000 square feet means the biggest inventory, the best dealer incentives, and limited-time factory rebates. Since there's a pretty good chance you'll be spending 2021 distancing, do it on the family boat you want. Register to win a new Suzuki outboard valued at $5,000. Suzuki, the ultimate outboard. Shop boats, safe distance, and see what's new for 2021 in a heated 25,000-square-foot showroom at Dan Southside Marine in Bloomington. The biggest inventory means you get the boat you want, rigged the way you wanted it, with every rebate and incentive available. Ask about the new Alumacraft competitor FSX, the best new fish ski crossover on the market. It's the 2021 Bloomington Boat Show at Dan Southside Marine, located six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. My favorite part of this whole six-minute-long song. Yeah, that, it is that a great little part. melody right there is Jimi Hendrix's third rock from the uh, third stone from the yeah. sun. Oh yeah, third stone from the sun. I love that song. As a matter of fact, get it, Andy. Third stone from the sun, yeah, and it, get it. it happens. It might be Earth, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Could be. You know, I was talking about that this morning a little bit, and I didn't get too deeply into it because looking back at my youth, being a teenager and then in my early 20s, my heroes, and I didn't even realize this until I sat and thought about it for quite some time because um, it was quite the era, but my heroes back then were Muhammad Ali, um, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Marvin Gaye, Richard Pryor, 
And they were all black. I was going to say, they're all black guys. What's wrong with you? Yeah, they were not, because they were black, it's because they were really good at what they did. So what happened between back then and now where everybody just hates one another? I just, uh, Jesus, it's just so disgusting. Well, you know, not all of them, but I think that musicians are kind of the exception to the rule. They generally get along really well with each other, regardless of their background, as long as they're good. You know, if you're, if it's, as Duke Ellington famously said, if it sounds good, it's good. And that's, that's really, it's a meritocracy for sure, but I think that's, uh, we can learn something from, you know, you don't see musicians fighting unless they happen to be in the same band and related Mm -hmm. to each other. And then the fist fights start, but for the most part. (laughs) That is true. That's a good point. Yep. I just thought about that whole situation. Richard Pryor changed comedy forever. Jimi Hendrix changed music forever. Uh, Marvin Gaye, was there a better singer than Marvin Gaye? Better well, I don't know. He's probably in the top, I would say, five to ten in the 20th century. I mean, there's a lot of great singers. Um, you know, Tony Bennett's a great singer, sadly Oh, enough. God, yes. Uh, oh, Whitney yeah. Houston. I, people forget about how how good she was i mean just a stunningly great singer no doubt i gotta tell you because you'll like this i think i hope you do but back when i was in a band in the 1960s and early 70s uh it's particularly when we first started in 1960 god what it would have been 66 probably 67 something like that Mm -hmm. uh and we used to be backstage, and we, you know, if we were opening or middle band or finishing band or whatever the hell we were, right? You're backstage and just hanging out, and you're talking to the other bands. Like, hey, how you doing? How's everything going? Uh, man, band sounds good. Everything's good. They get on stage because of the 1960s. Was, Hello, everyone. How you doing? Oh, I know. Today? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Remember that? Everybody had a British accent. And all it's the like, and all the English guys are trying to sound like Muddy Waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> but I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. was my hero because of that judge people not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. It made no difference to me. I didn't pick them because they were black. I just really loved their work. I mean, what what happened to people? Well, I think it's the same thing that happens to anybody as you get older. You, you run into yeah. things don't always go your way and you get disillusioned and... Mm-hmm. And you have to fight a little bit to stop from becoming bitter. I Two things that happened that really shaped my outlook on life was in the early 70s. The Beatles broke up, and then my parents got divorced. Oh, yeah. and for, oh. To this oh. day, it's like, okay, nothing lasts forever. You can get through it, but don't count on it. And I, I, I know that's part of you know my makeup. It just and it, and, it, right. and it goes back to those two things. I was just becoming a a young musician and was a huge Beatles fan and Jimi Hendrix and a lot of those bands, but the Beatles oh, God, especially. Yes. And then, you know, I, I was too young for the British invasion. I didn't really care about him in 64. I don't think I watched Ed Sullivan. Right. But by 68, sure. I was certainly paying attention. And by 70, I just thought, this would be terrific. This is the only band I'll need to listen to for the rest of my life. And then it's like, yep. yeah, your mom and I need to talk to you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, crap. So you know I don't what's know. weird about that, Doug? Huh. I did not know that about you, but I went through the exact same thing at the exact same time. That's weird. It is weird. Because you're, what, eight years young, seven years younger than me? Yeah, I'm 62 and a quarter right now. 62 and a quarter. Yeah, you my half birthday is in a couple of so months. Seven. 
You're, oh, well, you're happy. We've got to keep an eye on that. I mean, if you're happy, happy birthday, I mean, you know. You know what I'm talking about. But no, I didn't. I never realized that. Yeah, my, my Well, my father left when I was first, first yeah. time around, when I was like, uh, I don't know, seven or eight or nine or something. Then he came back a short time. Then he came, you know, and then he came back for a short bit in 1965. Uh, and then after that, uh, he would pop in and out. And then I never saw him again after 1969 when my parents got... My my family finally talked my mother into getting a divorce. She was Catholic, and she did not want to get divorced. You know, that we, she was Catholic. we had the same problem. But I shouldn't say problem, but my grandmother went through the same thing. My, my dad's dad was English uh, and kind of a ne'er-do-well, actually. He fought in World War One, and he... Uh, started like dating my uh, grandmother, picked her up on his Harley in 1921. I mean, he was he was a wild guy. Uh, had a bunch of businesses, owned like a movie theater and a drugstore and stuff, lost it all in the Depression, climbed in the bottle and never really came out, moved back to England. Yeah. but And we're Episcopalian, but, you know, uh, Episcopalians in the 30s and 40s, it was just like Catholics, except for they didn't believe yes. in the Pope. So yep. my grandmother would right. not, they, they never got divorced, even though they didn't right. live together yep. for 40 years. So, my grandmother, Joe, yes. what do you think about. Well, we have a caller. What do you think about uh, do? Episcopalians versus Catholics? So, am I uh, still a dumbass? Joe, is that the no, plan? No opinion. <laughs> None. I'm Baptist. I have no opinion. <laughs> okay. What kind of Baptist are you? Because uh, there's like, there's like, well, there's like three different kinds of Baptists. So there's Southern At Baptists. Least. There's, yeah, there's, they're all kind of Baptists. How'd they let you in the club? Which ones are the crappy dancers? Oh, my grandfather played organ for a first Baptist church in downtown St. Paul. Really? Yep. That's pretty damn cool. That's really cool. He played for like 42 years, I think it was, before he retired. Oh, God. Wow. So, Doug has some questions for you about the Ford plant, and I'm assuming that's why you call. Is that correct there, sir? Uh, Kind of. Um... Somebody puts up that uh, the White House is going to do something about this bullshit. Yeah, that's what I read that's this they, morning. <laughs> it didn't exactly inspire a uh, feeling of confidence. What they need to do is get up off their goddamn ass and do something with the stimulus package. We have people yeah. here in Kentucky that have been waiting for their unemployment since last summer. Oh, God. When, we, when everybody was shut down for the pandemic. We have people that have been waiting since then for money from the government Ooh. that supposedly is going to help. Now, uh, these last two weeks, Ford's been shut down. We're running into the same problem. Yeah, it, it's think, uh, it, well, I, I don't know how to what the solution is. It's just they can't make them fast enough because it's not just. Uh, it's interesting how it all works. So COVID uh, throws people out of work, a lot of people out of work, and also right. forces a lot of people to work from home. So to work from home, they need to buy Chromebooks and laptops and all this sort of stuff, and it's the same computer chips that they need to make cars, and they can't make them fast enough, and it's not going away. It's it's just, I don't know, the automobile business, it, I, I think it's all businesses really 
but more, more but specific to the automobile business when I don't know if it was Toyota but whoever invented just-in-time inventory as the most efficient way to make stuff it was brilliant but it's also terrible because you know it's because the margins are so slim you get the idea is to get the part required to make the vehicle at the last possible moment so you don't have carrying and holding costs uh, and then when there's a breakdown in the system like we've had during the tsunami in 11 and so on and so forth, everything just goes to crap, and, it, and it's really hard to recover. I don't know what the solution is. But in the meantime, well, you know, a lot of people that want to do good work and build cars and sell cars and buy them and whatever, I think we're going to be looking at a rerun of last year in the car business where in, new car inventories are going to be short and late model used cars are going to keep staying really high like they've been for the last year. It's just, it's, it's odd. Yeah. Did he get you taken care of, Joe? Yeah, I had some money saved. Well, that's oh, good. I, got laid off. I, uh, Ran into a shortage, so I got smart. Well, not to mention all the money I'm saving for not drinking. Well, oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's, that's very. You have Officer Dave call. He's looking for eighty-four nine to bar to borrow. Okay. That's right. He is. He wants to borrow. Officer Dave's looking for eighty-five grand, and if, with you not drinking, I'm sure you got the laying in your pocket. You yeah. can just loan it to him. Sure. Good for Officer Dave. <laughs> that money, that God saved me, keep my ass afloat. Yeah. There you have it. All right, Joe, we got to take a break here in a second. Thanks for calling, Pally. Yep. Okay. Get back take to care. work right now. You heard me. Thanks a lot. Dougie. So what's the, what else? Well, I mean, that is going to be weird. It's just we thought that once the vaccine started rolling and things relaxed that the car yeah. business would get back to normal, and it's just. Yeah, yep. But it's, I don't know, it's such a, it's a fascinating industry, and it's interesting to see how it changes. I, I tell you, the more I read about electric cars, that'll be the next change for us as car dealers, uh, because the maintenance requirements on electric cars are, I don't a fraction of what they are in internal combustion. And that's a, you know, we need all income streams in our current business model, so how is that going to change in the future? I don't know. It's going to yeah. be interesting. I don't know. I have no idea what the deal is, but it's like I said. I I hate thinking the way I think, but man, it just seems to me like we got some real financial trouble coming our way if we're not careful. What do you think? You know, I I'd like to have Bilsky back on to talk to him about that because I'm obviously fairly social liberal. I'm not just a screaming lefty, but I'm you know left of the middle of the road. But when it comes to money, right. I'm really conservative. I mean, I've always been that way, and. My dad's like, you know, you're such a weird guy. It's, your sisters are straight arrows, but they, you know, they can't save a dime. And you always had, you know, an ability to make and attract and keep money. So I just, the fact that we're $25 trillion in debt doesn't seem to be worrisome to many people. And Yeah, um, it doesn't. And I know that you measure it as a percentage of the GDP, and that changes over time as the GDP gets bigger. That's the but it's still right. $25 trillion. Last time I looked, that was a lot of money. It was. Andy, what do you think of that? What do you What do you think of the economy going forward? Yeah, because you're probably going to have to pay for it. We'll be dead. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? <laughs> that's yeah, the I would thing, say isn't it? The, I mean, 
it, we're not as bad as some countries. There's a lot of countries out there that are actually much worse than we are. But yeah, we are. That's uh, true. We're trending not so great. Absolutely true. So, do you think do you think Andy that we're going to hit the wall in a, in you know in the fall? It, it all seems to be in the fall. I don't know about the fall, but it's going to happen soon. What are you gonna do? Well, that's depressing as hell. We'll be right right, back if if we feel like it. Fold up the tent. Yeah. (laughs) Final episode. See you, losers, on the other side. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Yeah, we're back. Whatever. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. That's real nice, man. What a professional. I got a little news story for you. What was that? Uh, this was announced yesterday that Apple is going to partner with Hyundai and Kia to uh, manufacture Apple-branded autonomous electric vehicles. They're going to build them in West Point, Georgia. They've been promising this for a long time. Yeah, I know. But they, they think they're going to go into production in 2024. Mm. I I never really was all that excited about the whole AV uh, autonomous vehicle craze. I thought that Uber was really making a big mistake because that was Uber's original plan was to uh, take over the taxi industry and then have autonomous vehicles and eliminate the drivers. And they've moved away from that strategy in the last year because they think they realized the economics wouldn't work very well of them having to order our own you know, an autonomous vehicle, probably $50,000, I'm guessing. That's a lot of capital to tie up in, uh, um, in their current model that's all the drivers that own the cars. But the thing that excites me is, uh, and this is personal, uh, both my mom and stepdad and my dad and stepmom, my mom and stepdad just turned the keys in a couple of months ago. They said, yeah, we don't, we're not going to drive anymore. It's not safe. My dad's Ooh. still driving. He probably shouldn't. He doesn't drive much. And my stepmom is losing her eyesight. 
Um, you know, they're, they're all still mentally sharp, but how cool it would be if they could, you know, just had an autonomous vehicle and they could still tool around themselves safely. I think there's going to be a huge market for these things. I did some research years ago about, you know, how many people are, are, are possibly in the market that are elderly that really shouldn't be driving. And then all the disabled people, uh, blind people that obviously can't drive. <laughs> That great Eddie Murphy line. Yeah, musical genius, right, Stevie Wonder? You want to impress me? Take the wheel. <laughs> Take the wheel, baby. <laughs> see what happens. That's all I got to tell you. So see we'll, what happens. We'll indeed. see what happens with Apple and Kia and Hyundai. I think it's pretty interesting. Although the jokes are starting already. The Apple car, you have to pay extra for the tires. Yeah. <laughs> what? No. You, well, you know how it is. I, are, you're not, are you an Apple guy? I don't know if you are. Um, what's you an Apple an guy? You know, do you yeah, have an have iPhone? An iPhone. Well, you know, they, they charge you iPhone, extra yeah. for everything, like a charging cable now and all this sort of stuff. Yep. It's yeah, they're a disgusting company. Three hundred dollar earbuds and stuff like that. It is kind of nuts. Oh, but. for God's sake! That's the world now, huh? Everything's eight billion dollars, and good luck to you kids, right? Yep. I don't know. I you know we we uh, look uh, once again we predicted on the morning show eight, nine years ago this was going to happen, that big tech, that digital would just take over the world, and they'd ruin it, which they're going to do if we don't do something about it. They will ruin the world if we don't stop them. Now, let's back up a couple of feet here and listen to the tape. The okay. story was about the uh, value of autonomous vehicles helping people be independent that currently aren't, mm -hmm. and you follow right. up with they're ruining the world. <laughs> well, look what they've done to us. Look what they've done to us with the Twitter and Facebook and, and all of it, Google, all of it. You've given access to more, for morons to just wide-ranging troublemakers. You're These right. People are You're idiots. exactly right. But let's not kid ourselves that this hasn't happened through history. So we have Twitter well, wars right. today. Uh, in Salem, Massachusetts, in the 17th century, they had gossip and they just burned women to death. It's really kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, Stupid well, people getting right. all fired up and trying to do damage to other human beings. That's exactly, you're 100% right. That's exactly what it's all about. It's always about... Well, it's about the the powers that be trying to control stupid people by convincing them that they've got no shot and pissing them off to no end. It all always starts with some greedy bastard at the top. Always. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just the one skill that, that we don't practice enough as human beings is um, being thankful, I think. Yeah, being I mean, grateful, being thankful. It's still the right. best country in the history of the planet, and we've got so many. I mean, think about the stuff that we do on a daily basis and compare it to 150 oh, years yeah. ago, and we're complaining about it. It's like, wow. Well, I had a question, and maybe you'd have the answer for this one. Uh, so if this is the most horrible, white supremacist, racist country on earth, why are tens and tens and tens of thousands of brown people trying to get in? I don't get that. Uh, I think so it's, racist I, and horrible. I did some research. It's actually because of Burger King. It's really oh, big. Okay, with it's Burger King. Well, I understand that. You can get it. The foreign brown people just love the onion rings. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. <laughs> Look, I mean, we got to handle it the right way. But if we were so horribly racist and judgmental and superior attitude and supremacy, why would you want to come here? 
No, I think that's a great question, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, you know, the diversity is. in this country has really made it what it is today. And I know that sounds like a fashionable thing, but no, it, you know, we invented jazz, we invented rock and roll. Look at all this cool stuff, which is really multicultural influence that you don't get in a homogenous society. I mean, what was the last great trend that came out of Japan? Andy? Um, um, probably anime. It's okay. a pretty big trend. Yeah, that's true. If you're a 17-year-old yeah, dude. Yeah, it's mostly for teenagers, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. But that's my point. It's just, you know, we there are some real benefits that we reap because of how multicultural and diverse the country is. And it's and it's going to become more so. That's it's, you know, it's not going to go back to 1930. It's going to go right. forward. It's going to change and some of it's going to suck and a lot of it if you're thankful and positive is going to be really really cool. Yeah. Well, like I said, we have the 60-70 sweep. Hopefully we have the 20-30 sweep, too. Uh, it just, it's gotten psychotic. It needs to stop. There's no question about that. But people are making a ton of money from it, and that's the problem we have. They're making a lot of money off of our misery. Isn't that sad? Yeah. It's, uh, although I must say I did pretty well because of Tim Lammers and GameStock. Oh, Yeah. GameStop stock? Yeah, well, um, we were talking, Tim was on on Thursday, what, probably about six weeks ago, and we started talking mm-hmm. a little bit about AMC and the health of the company. And, and I, you know, I play the stock market, but I usually buy stuff and hang on to it for a long time. And I like good brands that are well known that are kind of down on their, their luck. And I thought, you know, if the, when we get through COVID, people are going to go back to the movies. Their stock price is really yep. depressed. Yeah. I'll buy some, and I think I probably bought five or $6,000 worth of it. And I kind of had an exit strategy. I figured in another two years, it'll probably double. That's a pretty good return, right? Yeah. Well, it got caught up in this game stock thing. I woke up one morning. I was going to the doctor, and it had closed the day before at like three twenty a share, and it was up to twenty four dollars. I'm like, oh my god! And I, and I, I didn't yeah. know what was going on. And I'm like, as soon as I can, I'm just going to sell it. This, it's, it's no way the stock is worth that much money. But it was sort of AMC was being looked at the same way that uh, the the whole uh, game shop thing was too as a way to squeeze out short sellers. And it never really took quite as much with AMC. It had a brief rise. and Right. So, yeah, there's money to be made. And a lot of times you just have to be lucky, but it's, uh, I don't know. So you're buying it, you're not buying it. What's the story? Well, I bought it and sold it. As soon as I get home from the doctors, they sold it for $17 a share, and now it's back down to about six fifty. Yeah, they uh, artificially crashed it. Yeah. So basically, you you sold it and you still don't know the name of the company. That's good. <laughs> AMC. What are you it's talking about? Oh, you're talking about Stop. A, you're talking oh, about AMC. Oh, GameStop. Did I? What I said? GameStop. I'm said, sorry, I mispronounced that. No, I didn't buy GameStop. Oh. I bought AMC, Something. which was sort of following along yeah. the same path as GameStop. They were trying to do oh. the same not thing. As, with not, AMC. Just not as dramatically. Yeah. Correct. Sorry, I'm, not, exactly I'm a it. terrible storyteller. Sorry about that. Not, not true. Catherine, uh, by the way, did the same thing. She invested a, probably about the same amount of money you did, so I think you both did pretty well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although she's married to a disc jockey, so that wasn't good <laughs> uh, choosing. That was a huge mistake. Well, you know, you not every life is perfect, Tom. 
Uh, I've noticed that. <laughs> yes, I have noticed that over time, that not every life is perfect, Doug. No well, let's see. In another it. 10 or 15 minutes, Andy and I will be out in the snow, and I'll go home and have to shovel the driveway because I'm sure the teens are long gone. And you'll be playing golf, I'm sure. Uh, no, I will not, as a matter of fact. Alex is in town for her birthday. It was two days ago, so she came to town for a couple of days for her birthday, so we're taking her to dinner. Oh, cool. Is she with the kids, or uh, is this a solo mom no, the, trip? Uh, one of her, her grade school and high school friends is with her. So oh, that's cool. cool. It's a very nice thing. Yeah, she's very nice. Natalie, Andy, you know Natalie for years. Oh, Natalie's down there, too? Yep, Natalie came with her. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's pretty good. We we uh yeah, we've always liked Natalie. She's just a very, very nice person. Got a really nice family. Alex went to dance class with her. when was that, Landy? In like sixth grade when she met Natalie, something like that? Maybe even younger. Maybe even young you might be right. She it might be even younger than that. But uh my, my daughter yeah. took dance for a year and you said something on the radio about the same time that I just I still remember this day because it cracks me up. You said I love watching my daughter dance. I hate sitting around for three hours watching your daughters dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so she liked that oh, or didn't God, like that? Oh, God, those were brutal. I, I, I sat through oh, a few God. of those. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. And they don't serve beer. It's no fun. <laughs> no, no, I think if true. they serve beer, it could be a problem. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Well. I will tell you, sitting in the crowd, you could smell that somebody was drinking something. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Somebody had something they were shwheeling. That's yeah. all I'm telling you. <laughs> so, I don't know what the hell. It all works out in the end, doesn't it? All right, Pally. One hell of a... She did a hell of a... Look at that great guest you had. Well, that's because I had a great guest. And we're talking about Officer Dave and Joe from Louisville. And That's the, the famous Tom Bernard, because otherwise it'd yeah, be famous. me and Andy asking each other questions, and and one of us would go, well, hang on a second, let me look it up. Which well, yeah, car and, is and the best We'd car. be like research librarians. How That's, fascinating a show would that, that is, be? That is how I do things, yes. I'd be fascinated. There's no question about it. All right, you kids, go back and take a nap. All righty, we will. We'll see everybody next week when we have an actual guest. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 81, over and out.